Welcome to Shine KC Official. I'm your host, Tina Johnson, published author, small business entrepreneur, and domestic violence survivor. What an honor and a privilege it is to podcast today and to bring awareness to domestic violence through Shine KC podcast in the Kansas City area and abroad. Today, we are going to talk about loving a domestic violence survivor. I want to talk to the person who has found themselves with a survivor as well as the survivor themselves. Often domestic violence survivors may hesitate to trust a new potential partner, concerned that they may be at risk, understandably so. I know I definitely felt that way. Survivors of domestic violence usually suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic syndrome. They may feel triggered when in a new relationship. Yeah, many things could trigger them. It could be touch, a raised voice, or even if they make a simple mistake, something someone who hasn't been through an an abusive situation would think, oh, that's no big deal. Here, let's fix that, or let's all jump in and fix that. A domestic violence survivor may think that the world is crashing down. Sometimes something as small as a smell or a song on the radio can cause a trigger. My husband will tell you, every time his stomach growls, I ask him, hey, what's wrong? And you know, sometimes I don't even think about it. It's kind of a joke now, but we figured out why I did that. My abuser would get these awful stomach noises before he would confess to an affair he had or before an an abusive episode would happen to me. It's the strangest thing. I I can't believe, you know, the, the little tiny, you would think insignificant things that happened would be a trigger. I say we joke about it now. Healing is a beautiful thing. I am a survivor of domestic violence, not a physician. So when I speak, it's gonna be generally from my personal research, but not from any kind of medical standpoint. I want you to know that. I want you to do your own research as well. You know, triggers can cause panic, crying, fear, anxiety, nausea, so many painful responses. I want to address if you're dating someone with an abusive history, you're in a very unique position of being able to co-author a violent free future for yourself and for your partner just by being your wonderful self. But first, there are some things you should understand about abuse. What your partner as a survivor might be experiencing and how to support yourself so you can be that abuse survivor's best possible ally. Some important information to note, just shooting right out of the gate, as much as you may care for your dating partner, as much as they may be suffering, I want you to note they are not broken and you cannot fix them or save them. A relationship, an intimate relationship, I do not believe can replace the need for physical and mental health care many abuse survivors need to feel truly well 
even if it's been a long time since their experience of abuse. Your dating partner is likely still on a journey of healing, just like with me in the stomach growl. Figuring out what they need to be happy, healthy, and safe. That's a big one in an intimate relationship. You cannot do the work for your partner, but there are some things you can do. You can educate yourself. You can educate yourself about abuse and trauma so you can be the best possible partner. You can listen to other survivors like myself and your dating partner when they tell you about their experiences and what they need. I'm definitely blessed in that area. My husband does listen to what I went through and what I need because of it. And it does help with that time healing wounds. It really, really does. This also means learning to read between the lines. Understanding that trauma can affect someone's emotional health and communication style. There are some times I just want to be alone, just alone in my own thoughts and my own quiet. And my husband's love language is quality time. So I have to be really careful about letting him know what my need is at the time. And then he has to be really careful about how he receives that. But of course, we've done a lot of the work. So, and we're still working, of course. You need to earn that abuse survivor's trust. Because cycles of abuse, I want you to really get a word picture here. Cycles of abuse often include periods of kindness followed by domestic violence. As many survivors do, they associate a person's kindness almost like storm clouds gathering and then the rains come pouring in. You know, you've heard the saying, when's the other shoe going to drop? I'm constantly saying that to my older kids when things happen. I think you're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I remember doing that myself. I'm just always waiting for that other shoe to drop every time somebody was nice to me or kind before total healing took place. If you're dating someone with an abuse history, just know and don't take offense. It might take them a while to trust you. And it might be really, really frustrating, probably because you're a really nice person with really great intentions. But just just know it's normal and it's understandable. They're still learning whether it's safe or not to open up everything they've ever shared with that abuser was used against them so badly and so cruelly, it's hard for them to open up. And that will only come through time and healing. And it may take a while. Something I had to learn, and I might have learned it a little too well, and that's healthy relationships, respect boundaries. And I've got some boundaries. I have non-emotional firm boundaries. I think if you guys have listened to my podcast long enough, you'll know I'm just a little scrapper at heart. And I'm a little girl from Philly. And I finally found her and I'm not giving her up again. I have boundaries. So when I build a boundary, it's set in stone. If you try to go through that boundary, my next phrase for you is that's a non-negotiable with me. So I've set up those boundaries and then I've set up the non-negotiable to break those boundaries. Am I flexible? Well, sure. It depends on what you're talking about. But when it comes to a 
boundary. I don't set them in every area of my life, but the areas that I have, they're set. Now, again, healthy relationships, they respect boundaries. Talking to a domestic violence survivor, your new partner should accept that you may need more time and space alone. I shared that I do. Oftentimes, I need to have time for myself. And it doesn't matter whether this is because of your past experience or just preference. If the new relationship is going to succeed, your partner must respect your boundaries. Abuse is a process of violating someone's boundaries over time so that the abuser can have their way. Eventually, the victim learns to accept that their boundaries will be ignored. It's not even a question. And their sense of self and their own needs are just dissipated. In new relationships, this trauma often makes it scary for survivors to say no and difficult for them to hone in on their inner voice, so to speak. This is why many survivors healing is about restoring a personal sense and relearning what feels good and what kinds of behaviors they won't accept. Remember, survivor brother or sister, no does not mean convince me. No means no. I've always told my kids, I think I've said this before, if you need to know right now, the answer is no. No means no. How many moms and dads have said that a million times? I'm sure my kids just quoted me if they're listening right now. No does not mean convince me. Pressuring someone with an abuse history to do something they don't want to do is not only disrespectful, it's a repetition of the same behavior they were harmed by in the past. Their no is not necessarily a rejection of you. Don't forget that. No is not a personal rejection of your person. It's a rejection of the activity at the time. It's also empowering that abuse survivor to assert their own boundaries, which is an important skill for them to learn. Accept their no as no. You're helping them to be healthy and strong and feel good. And that is what healthy partners do for you. Healthy partners reflect on strengths and they bring out the best in each other. You should not feel that you are failing to measure up in a healthy relationship. Your partner should be gentle and kind, courteous, even when there's any kind of conflict. You know, if I look back during the years that I was in the abusive situation, I could look in the mirror. I remember one time passing by the mirror and touching my face because I couldn't feel myself. I had to touch my face, just have any feeling. Can't describe it any other way. I can still see that person in the mirror looking back, not knowing who who that was in the mirror. You're like a cardboard cutout of yourself. I was a different person. I flinched at loud noises. I was afraid of anything to go wrong. I had to be one step ahead of everything. I cried unpredictably and often, especially when I was alone. But because I was a domestic violence victim and now a survivor, I am much stronger. And I didn't know this prior to being an an abuse victim, but I like the survivor 
version of myself. I like how loud my voice is. I am thankful I went through and survived what I did so I could be a voice to so many people in so many areas about domestic violence and domestic violence awareness. You know, in conclusion, I want to say take care of yourself. Each of us deserve loving and caring relationships while a partner who has had an abusive history may require certain kinds of thoughtfulness you should also have your basic needs met for trust and love and respect if you find yourself feeling like your partner's doctor and i'm talking to the person who is dating a survivor if you feel more like your partner's doctor than their dating partner, maybe you should take some time and you should step back. It's a lot of responsibility, but at the end of the day, it will be worth it. Sometimes that domestic violence survivor just needs help you cannot give them. If this all sounds like a lot of responsibility, it is. Trusting other people with access to our hearts and bodies is such a big risk and it's pretty wild especially after trauma. Human beings have the incredible resilience to love again. Whether we're survivors ourselves or we love people who are, and thank God for you guys, we all have the amazing strength to learn from past harm and grow toward a healthier future. Okay, so I have something really special for you guys right now. I have my husband, Doug, here. And we are, I'm going to ask him a couple questions and he is going to talk a little bit about what it's like on the other side of domestic violence, what it's like to love a domestic violence survivor. Doug, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm Doug. I'm here to answer some very serious questions. That's right. All right, Douglas. What are some triggers I have your beautiful, lovely wife that you figured out? Yes, you are a very beautiful, lovely wife. Thank you. I found out that over the years, all blissful, but, uh, say for instance, we are traveling on the highway. If I'm running alongside a semi, you get anxious, so I speed by it. Right. Or slow down, either way. Right, and actually that's because when I was in that abusive situation, my late husband, my abuser, used to um, practice road rage just to try to get me into some kind of submissive situation to where he was in control and he liked to invoke that fear into me. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that you you do that actually and I don't even know that we've talked about that before, but you've always um, you've always done that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to do my part. You are doing your part. You're so great, Doug. <laughs> All right. And what else? What other? What are some other triggers so we could just be really transparent for our listeners? Well, I've learned over the years that uh, there's some things I don't kid you about. Okay. Like your appearance. Oh, right. Or if you haven't shaved for a few days. <laughs> right. Right. Or I remember one time when we first started going out, you asked me about your hair color and whether blonde or brunette or whatever. And I said, you know, either way, and you said something like, well, I'll do whatever I want. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> I kind of learned. <laughs> Boy, uh, it's almost like I set you up. <laughs> yeah. 
so I, I learned I learned from that. But just over the years, I've I've learned to uh, to show take special care on on certain things. Just your appearance and uh, how I treat you. I, I try to go out of my way to uh, make sure you're maybe not offended or upset or put up a wall. Talk about that wall. Yeah, it's a, it can be a big wall sometimes. Is it a big wall? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could repel down it, but uh, and you're six four. <laughs> so, but it's just it's just certain things that you have to to do. I I feel like I have to uh, to reassure you that I'm here for the long run. Oh, hold on, he's crying. <laughs> Sorry about that, but that's how strong I feel about our relationship. Oh, you're so sweet. I do love you. Okay, so your stomach growls, and I say, <laughs> What am I doing wrong? <laughs> I say, Are you okay? What's going on? What are you guilty of? What are you guilty of? I'm, I'm guilty of being hungry. <laughs> okay, it's funny now. It used to not be funny. We figured it out now, but oh my goodness. I'll be sitting there watching TV, sitting next next to her, and my stomach could growl, and she looked at me like, what are you doing wrong? Like, I'm not doing nothing wrong. I'm sitting there watching American Idol with you, you know? Right, right. So. Oh, my heaven. Okay, so tell me then. Okay, so we've kind of touched on how you deal with my triggers. You you get in the fast lane and you, you pass any kind of vehicles. Uh, you've learned basically to be very intentional, and you are very intentional with everything that you do for me. How is being with a survivor, a domestic violence survivor, different from relationships in the past? Um, I think that I once read that being in a relationship with a a survivor of abuse or whatever is like being you really have to be intentional on what you do and how you act uh, even even I catch myself sometimes when I do like have a frustrated driving sometimes and I have to catch myself <laughs> about no road rage you know even I still it still gets me every once in a while you're you're witness to that yeah. you know, after I do I was like oh I you know catch you before I catch you yeah I shouldn't have done that but but no it's just it's uh it, it is harder because you really have to focus on on what's going on and really put the effort forward to uh, make you feel safe and comfortable. And that's important. That's so important for for any domestic violence survivor to feel safe and valued because that was taken from them for so many years, for sure. How in the world do you keep loving me? Oh, it's easy. Yeah? I just love you. <laughs> Big part of that is our marriage is based on, on uh, Christ, on Jesus. So... That's a big part of it. We put him first, and we build on that. We build on that that foundation, that stone. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. Um, in my notes, I'm reading here um, that you wrote "Cause you're hot." Yeah, that too. Extremely. Okay, Jesus first, because I'm hot second. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should we go with it? We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Yeah. All right. I love you, Doug Johnson. I love you too, Tina yeah. Johnson. Thank you very much. Can I tell him the pie story? Tell them the pie story. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give the mic over to Doug Johnson. It's kind of a good story. Here's on the, on the having control, yeah, need control. So we're at the grocery store. We're going to pick out a pie. So we get to the freezer section. She says, pick out any pie you want. So I pick out like a, I don't know, a lemon pie or something. Ew. Ew. She says, no, not that one. I said, you just tell me to pick out any pie I wanted. Yeah, but not that one. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's good. <laughs> So I said, well, I picked out another one that's chocolate. No, I don't want that one either. I think we ended up getting you one of the coconut. So anyway, we finally got a coconut pie, but I had to pick out the one that she wanted, even though I could pick out any pie I wanted. So Okay, wives out there, pick any pie you want and read my mind. Yeah. Do I hear any wives out there who's with me? I love that. That's great. I certainly appreciate that you do the work. That's for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. You're so cute.